Welcome to the Magic Hour with Paulie Malinaji. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Paulie Malinaji is a two-time world champ and showtime boxing analyst. Joined by his sidekick, the world-famous Peter Cards, they break down boxing better than anyone on the planet. This is the Magic Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Another episode of the Magic Hour. We're here back. Full effect. Kind of, sort of. Seth Nyman. Minus Peter Cards. Didn't make it today. Plus two Colangelos. Plus two Colangelos. We got... Count uh, Colangelosis. What Colangelos? Colangelosis. I was close. <laughs> Take him <a> Colangelo. <laughs> I was close. My two amateurs from uh, Italy. Here in the building, but... They're just hanging out. Um, what do we... Uh, what do we do without Peter? I don't understand. He's not even... Is he at least call it in? We should have made him call it in. Oh, I was, you don't want, you live with the guy, don't you? He lives downstairs from me, yeah. Uh, technically well, I'm just saying, like you know, I, I, how am I supposed to be the the communicator? I could text him right now. Yeah, man, we could text him right now. And have him he won't him. answer. Nah, definitely. He's busy. Not. He's taking care of the baby. Yeah. He's like he, uh, he's like daddy daycare. No. <laughs> you know, would you leave your kids with him? <laughs> well, it's his kid. <laughs> That's okay, though. But I'm saying, like, if he's daddy daycare to take care of other kids, I wouldn't leave my kids with him. <laughs> I love the guy and all, but you know, yeah, I don't know. Well, if he wants to call in, well, he'll get back to me. Right. Hey, uh, tell people what you're just watching. I was well. Joe Rogan retweeted something, and I uh, came up on my feed, and it was a a male, a female praying mantis eating a male praying mantis that had just banged her. Yeah, but he had no head. She decapitated <laughs> him, but on instinct, he was still banging her. And I think you, I think that you guy was this. that guy was really committed to it. I'll tell you, man. I think that you was something this, else. You would do the same well, thing because the first yeah. guy who went, he just got eaten right off the bat. He didn't get in. She didn't like, like him. You so saw she, that. She just, I saw she, that one. So she just ate him. Yeah, he was ugly. That was an ugly. And the next guy mantis. comes in. She lets him do it, but then she cuts off his head and he keeps banging her. <laughs> well, and she took it. You know, she was. You know, that way the, they they procreate, so to speak. So he was really committed to the procreation process. If that's what we're gonna call it. Maybe there's a show on uh, Stars Network, something gods. I don't know, some some weird show, something gods. It's called. But this woman seduces. She's actually a god, and she seduces men mm. and women. And when she's having sex with them, she just shoves their whole body inside of her pussy. What show is this? Something gods. I gotta look up the name of the show. What, is. It's on TV. On Stars Network. Yeah. This is. They show that on TV. A guy getting yeah. eaten by a, a vagina. Yes, I'm gonna get the final name. Wild, of it. Like, if that's good, if that's so, if that's how I'm gonna go, let's see. If that, I mean, if you're gonna go, American you're gonna go. God, American gods. Like, if called. you're gonna go, you're gonna go. That's a pretty wild way to go, no? I mean, she just absorbs the people and they're gone. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. And she's gay too. But it's modern, so you have to make her gay too. So she does. Bisexual. She does women and female, well, women and males. What, whatever Male you give her, females, give her power. Yeah. You know, she's getting wow. the power. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> wild. <laughs> that's pretty wild. That's that's, that's a, what made me think of the praying mantis. Sure. Yeah, it's in, in a subtle way. It's. It's uh, the primal, the primalness of uh, praying mantis is like that too. Anyway, so we got a uh, we had some fights over the weekend, right? I mean, we did. Uh, you were I, there. I, actually, I actually worked the the Danny Jacobs fight for Sky Sports because because now uh, Danny is with uh, Eddie Hearn, and Eddie has uh, the deal with HBO. Uh, it leaves me free to work with Sky Sports that day on on those fights if Sky so, in, so as so chooses to. Uh, pick up the fights and obviously they have a contract with Eddie Hearn so they will pick up all the Eddie Hearn fights even if they're in the US so that was cool for me and I was able to work Danny's fight I've obviously worked some of his other fights uh, for Showtime he's now at HBO but I got to do the show with uh, with uh, Sky Sports and it was it was rather uh, interesting you know I, I think it was, a, it was a, a good show we had uh, Cletus Selden kind of a coming out party for him in that first fight on TV Cletus is a guy you know who's always kind of brought an exciting style to the mix uh he's had it since the amateurs really you know i remember him in the new york golden glove uh, he came after he came along after me but i remember watching the new york golden glove and watching him uh you know compete in there and having this aggressive fan friendly style and coming up the ladder he's uh, uh also you know had the kind of a, the aggressive fan friendly style you know and uh and and, and you know the, it kind of makes for good tv so in that regard i mean we put him on the uh hbo put him on the um uh, opener of the of the of the card on Saturday. Yeah, so Mexican guy. Yeah, this Mexican fighter who had fought Lucas Matisse, uh, 
who had fought Lucas Matisse and uh, and gotten stopped. But you know, I guess uh, I don't I don't know who he had beaten. I don't I wasn't too sure, too familiar with the guy. But Cletus pretty much threw him a beating. Oh, like, Roberto Ortiz. Yeah, I mean, he basically was like a punching bag for Cletus on Saturday. And uh, I I don't know if that, how how high his credentials can be spoken of, but he was thirty five and one, so it's a good record to use as your punching bag, you know. Uh, and it was a a, a guy. And obviously, Cletus looked good uh, taking him down, and uh, he won by stoppage. I mean, he cut the guy open. Um, Cletus has a sort of an old school style with that cross arm uh, look. A lot of times, coming he only comes forward, looks to break you down. So, so uh, I think you know he could fit in pretty interestingly in the one hundred forty pound division because. Uh, you know, there's all the 140 pounders that have exciting styles. There's 140 pounders. The the the, the 140 pound division is also looking for like sort of a new face with the exit of uh, Terence Crawford uh, and vacating all the world titles, and also a big name like Adrian Broner, who's kind of fallen off of late. You know, the 140 pound division is sort of a, looking for a resurgence, and so you know, with all these possible possibilities of these vacant titles being being filled now. And uh, uh, new guys coming up that are hungry, like like uh, Selden and like other guys like him. You know, I think it can uh, make for some fascinating fights because anytime you have young fighters or fighters that haven't yet achieved the status quo, so to speak, the status that they want in their careers, they're gonna fight a bit hungrier. They're gonna fight a bit more violently, and uh, they're gonna fight a little bit more determined. And, and Selden has uh, that that come at you style, regardless. So if he's hungry and he's determined, was he just getting to the mix? I think I think he's gonna you know provide some uh, some exciting fights nonetheless. You know. Uh, your, your friends on the line. Who? Pete. Hey, fuckers. We have Peter Cards. We got a Peter Card sighting. Speak up. Peter Card sighting. What's what are you on speaker? Come on. No, I'm not. All right. All right. Well, so Paulie said you couldn't come because you had to eat or something. <laughs> I had to eat. Yeah, that's what he said. You had to eat. I'm with my son. Do, do I eat my son? I'm sure if you got desperate enough, you would think about it. Hey, he's cute. <laughs> so we're discussing uh, Cletus Selden uh, for Saturday's fights, Pete. What, what, what did you make of Selden? You know, I was saying, you know, he's got a fan-friendly uh, TV kind of style, you know, sort of a throwback kind of look, cross-armed off. Uh, he cross- fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, he's a tough kid. Yeah, he's, he's a tough dude. He, but. He's a tough kid. Listen, limitations are always going to be among these uh, kind of aggressive fighters. But, um, you know, it kind of also makes for entertaining TV. Uh, I, I don't Absolutely. think I don't think Cletus is ever going to be a guy who's mistaken for like a Pernell Whitaker, but I guess he's going to be a, a come forward guy, a comer, and uh, and in that regard, he's going to be a uh, he's going to make a fan friendly fights whether he wins or whether he loses, you know. And he's the Hebrew Hammer. He's a Hebrew Hammer, right. yeah. And yeah. Seth likes that's that. Why, that's why Seth likes him. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, my mom especially. She's, she's very <laughs> excited saw, about that. I saw on social media that there might be potential talks about him facing Lucas Matisse. Uh, really? Granted, if Lucas Matisse. Uh, Handles his business coming up recently. You know, I was, uh, I, you know, I, I think that makes an interesting fight. I was saying, um, I was talking to Joe DeGuardia afterwards uh, uh, at the uh, at the nearby hotel. Uh, there was kind of like an after party there and stuff like that, and everybody from the fight crowd went. And I was uh, talking to him, and I said, you know, I think Selden probably matches up decent with uh, maybe like a new champion, you know, like a Sergey Lipinets type, you know, Lipinets, right. uh, you know, kind of barely scraped by uh, uh, the guy Kondo the week before. And Lipinets right. seems to have a bit more skills than Selden, but he seems to tire. He seems to wear out. You know, he seems to not like to fight a fast pace because Kondo kind of started making him uncomfortable. So imagine what a, a Selden could do, you know? Uh, but right. Lipinets is, I think he's a better fighter than Selden, but he can maybe be ground down, you know? So I thought that was an interesting proposition. But Joe actually did mention he'd rather have Matisse. I think Matisse probably brings more money to the table and he's a bigger name. But of course, yeah. uh, you know, he's the, the world champion. Shout out a world title is also, I'm sure, some Selden would want. So. So uh, I guess, uh, judging by your social, what you see on social media, maybe they're leaning in the, in, they're leaning in the direction of a, of a Lucas Matisse, and that could be a fun fight. Because Selden can punch. I mean, nobody punches like Matisse, but Selden can punch. Matisse right. can punch, uh, and uh, you know, both guys uh, bring some exciting, uh, exciting factors Somebody's to the table. Hurt. Yeah, you know, I don't think Matisse as much has as much dig- willingness to dig down as does Selden. But I think right. Matisse might be a little bit even sh- a little bit sharper of a fighter than Selden. So you know. Uh, you know, you land some of those big bombs. It doesn't matter how much you want to dig down. If you're not conscious, you're not conscious. But, of course, Selden starts landing some of his shots. And maybe Matisse, uh, if he's still standing, maybe has second guess, second guess, second guesses himself about whether how, how much he wants to keep fighting Just the in this kind of feeling. fight. You know, <laughs> Yeah. So, Selden brings a sick pace. Selden brings a sick pace, but we don't know how much that pace is going to last through 10, 12 rounds. You know, it's oh, hard. Of course. It's hard to fight at a pace like that. 
you know, to where uh, absolutely where you're bringing it to to that degree. But I, again, I wouldn't mind Selden with any like a uh, 140 pound fighter that really doesn't move a lot was was willing to fight. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind them with say like uh, an Adrian Granados, you know, who just fought over the past weekend against Porter in the welterweight division, but is looking for fights at super lightweight. You know, I wouldn't mind them against those guys. I would I wouldn't mind them against Exciting. a lot of guys. You know, I, I think I think it makes a match the 140 pound division. Um, guys were talking about Broner too because Broner kind of stands flat footed, and so he'll be there to uh, to be attacked by Selden. But that's a fight that could go really good for Broner because he'll punch in between him, or it could go really bad because maybe he'll get uh, kind of uh, buried in, in activity. Yeah. So, right. yeah, but again, it, it, the fact that you know you could see it going either way in terms of finding possibilities for either guy to do well, I think makes it for an interesting fight as well. So I think there's possibilities there for Cleese Selden and, and his style, regardless. I don't, like I said, he's not the most. I don't think he's gonna last very long. Um, you know, guys like that don't usually tend to last that long. Uh, you know, they take a lot of punishment. They give a lot of punishment. Uh, they get hit a lot and whatnot. But I think uh, while he's around, I think it'll be exciting. I mean, I remember Selden in the New York Golden Glove Finals. I remember him fighting uh, uh, Eddie Gomez, you know. And at that time, I remember uh, uh, Gomez pretty much outclassed him, you know. So, you know, obviously Selden made some progress. He's he's, he's, obviously, he's gotten further along in his career than has Gomez, right? I mean, Gomez is uh, uh, obviously still a decent fighter, but, you know, hasn't reached the heights that was expected of him when he was an amateur. No, absolutely not. Definitely came up short so far. Yeah. And Cletus is undefeated and in mm-hmm. talks like these potential fights, uh, yeah. obviously, yeah. He's, he's, uh, and, and then you know what I like about line. Cletus? He has that old school, like, New York Jewish accent. You know, <laughs> like, like, it's like a New York Jewish accent. Like, yeah, like he, he, I, I don't know it. I can't do it. I don't want to mess it up. But, Come like, on, try the, but he, the way you hear him talking, you're like, ah, this is a, this is a, this is a New Yorker, like, where his family's been in New York for generations and generations. You know, like, he's not that old school, yeah. like, New York Jew. You know, it's like the old school New York Italian accent. I There's got the, old the school- Hebrew hammer, and when I hit him, He's going to go down. They're getting hurt. I'm the Hebrew hammer. <laughs> but, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so I think he'll be entertaining for a little while. And let's move on to the next, to the co-main event. You know, I think Jerome Miller and Marius Vak, you know, uh, Demetrius Leo made a good point. He said uh, Jerome Miller handled Vak better than Vladimir Klitschko did. Of course, I think that was a much hungrier of, uh, of Marius Vak when he fought uh, Vladimir oh. Klitschko. You know, you get to the point in your career where you're just pretty much fighting for the money, and if you can win, you win. If you don't, you know, you kind of uh, you don't want to dig down as much as you do. And I think Vox seemed like that kind of guy. He didn't want right. to quit on himself. You know, he, you could tell he's a guy who stands on principle, and he was trying to stay in there. But after every round, I mean, he looks so uncomfortable going back to the corner and sitting down. As I was working those fights, I was like, you know, Jarrell kind of gets in your mind. You know, he's not a guy who hits as hard as a uh, Wilder or Joshua, but he's a guy who kind of gets up in your chest and rolls around and, and, and stays up right on you. Uh, some of the time he gets hit clean, some of the time he doesn't. Uh, but he knows how to, you know, he's not scared to get hit, and he stays in your face the whole time. He kind of breaks you mentally, you know, and, and he forces Very you. Calm. Yeah, he forces the activity out of you. He throws some shots. Uh, like I said, doesn't punch like the other guys, but but definitely uh, puts himself in position to make you uncomfortable and uh, do what he has to do, you know. I was impressed with Jarrell, you know. He showed up 15, so pounds, showed up 15 pounds lighter than he did his last fight, which is... Uh, Shows you he conditioning himself little by little. No uh, cheeseburgers at all this camp. None, none at all. And I think none. wow. You know, and I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll continue to if he continues to dedicate himself. I think the possibilities are really high for him. You know, I can't say I pick him against a Joshua or Wilder, but you, I, I, I can't, I can't say I'd pick against him against anybody else in his weight class, and that includes guys like Joseph Parker and stuff. I think it'd be some some solid fights hmm. for him. You know, obviously the goal is to get Wilder and Joshua. You know, you don't want to get beat before you fight Wilder and Joshua. So if they fight offer you Wilder and Joshua right now, obviously if you're Miller, you're gonna take them. You know, because you can't beat the what other guy. If you get if you get a Parker, that's the fight. That's the thing. Parker's not gonna risk. I don't. I don't. I don't, see, I don't see Parker with the WBO title risking it against the guy like Jerome Miller. You know, I think Parker, if he's gonna risk that world title, he's gonna either risk it. He wants to get against paid. Joshua or Wilder, or he's not gonna risk it at all. He's gonna take on guys he knows he's gonna beat otherwise. You know, and, and Jerome Miller doesn't fit that category. You know, I think Jerome. Not sure what uh, where where Jerome stands as far as mandatories go. I'm not sure where he is. Yeah, I'm not sure line. where his ranking is either. But I'll tell you this. I know he's close. I'll tell you this, Jarrell did good enough to scare off anybody not named Wilder or Joshua. You know, because anybody right. not named Wilder or Joshua is going to want to put themselves in position to fight Wilder or Joshua. So fighting Jarrell is going to possibly get you beat by, and, 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 and therefore you won't fight Wilder and Joshua. But he, he didn't look good enough to scare Wilder and Joshua from fighting him, <clears throat> which is good for him, but also 
kind of well, the way we're looking at it is he probably won't beat Wilder and Joshua. But you get into that fight and you're looking at a, a, a nice chunk of change. And uh, right. you know, for a kid from Brooklyn who grew up the hard way, uh, you know, you you and 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 is doing it the way doing it through character and determination the way Jarrell is, you know, yeah, that's going a long way already. And I and I don't just because I don't I don't see him winning those guys doesn't mean he doesn't put up a good fight. You know, I would hope the best of you know. I guess he's a Brooklyn kid, and you know, we're all we're all in Jarrell's corner here. But but uh, we, you know, we hope to see him continue to climb, and uh, we'll see how far he can go. You know, but right now, uh, without a doubt, I mean, Joshua and Wilder are starting to put themselves head and shoulders above the rest of the weight class. Uh, Takamu, obviously, he's a fun guy to watch. I guess speaking of the, the other heavyweights, Takam, you got Dillian White, you got Jarrell. You, know, you got these guys that you can make fun fights, but hopefully the business allows these fights to happen, you know? Everybody wants to right. get Wilder and Joshua, but not everybody can get Wilder and Joshua. So you hope the other guys that can't continue to fight each other or fight each other. And, man, there'd be some fun fights. Like, think about Jarrell versus Dillian White. Would that be a fun fight, you know? Or, or Takam versus any of them, you know? Takam versus Dillian White. Takam versus Jarrell, you know? Yeah. yeah, Jarrell versus King Kong or something. Or Luis or Luis Ortiz, yeah, King Kong. Right. I mean, when he loses Ortiz is to uh, you know stay clean, keep his keep himself. How does clean this guy? You? He gets. He, I don't loses, know. he loses the fight uh, with Wilder and then uh, shows up there at the fight. Yeah, <laughs> saying he wants to fight Wilder. He's like, yeah. you had the fight. Yeah, you blew it. You blew it. Like I said, it, it, it's interesting because if, if I think Ortiz would have a lot more argument if he hadn't already failed test before this failed test. You know, right. Because after he failed test before and then he failed this one, you lose a lot of your of your argument on this. You know, um, you have. What uh, did he fail before this? I don't know. Oh, the he what? failed. Uh, he failed when he beat. Um, when he beat uh, the African guy. This guy used to fight and used to train in wild card. What was his name? The former cruiserweight. Oh. I can't remember his name now, man. Just sat there looking it up. Who, uh, oh, we got, uh, Coyote, Latif Coyote. He failed when he, when he, when he knocked out Latif oh. Coyote. He yeah. fought Wiley Coyote? <laughs> yeah, he followed the, you know, uh, uh, interesting thing about Latif Coyote, I think Tarver also <laughs> failed when he fought Luis Latif Coyote. I think oh. <laughs> Latif Coyote had two guys that failed drug tests against him, but he fought him first and they failed him. Wow. <laughs> he probably snuck in and did something like Wiley yeah. Coyote would do. He didn't do anything, the poor guy. <laughs> they snuck in and did something to him, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, me, me. The, so it's funny. Because I think or, I think the WBC announced that Ortiz is gonna remain in the WBC in the WBC rankings. I think Mauricio Suleiman like wants to try to see the best in people. Um, he's the one that spoke uh, to Luis directly. I, I I don't know or spoke to his team directly. I don't know what they what came of that, but he said that they were gonna keep him in the rankings. You know, WBC rankings. And if he didn't think he could make money with him, would he take as much of an interest? I don't know. I don't know. You know, Mauricio strikes me as the kind of guy who does care for the fighters, but I I don't know that would have made that decision. But then again, I wasn't in that conversation. Conversation with with, with uh, Luis Ortiz and his team, you know. So maybe Mauricio saw something that may have wanted to make him, you know, keep him in the rankings, and maybe wanted to make him believe that this was really a genuine accident. We'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll see how things play out. But but you know, I guess you got to figure it's the way it's the way it is, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, even uh even uh, uh, uh Alexander Povetkin is winding up in a WBO eliminator in his next fight, I believe. I mean, he he's a guy who just. Failed a couple of drug tests, you know, and now he's fighting right. in the WBO Eliminator, you know, to, for a chance to become the mandatory for Joseph Parker. He's going to angle that route now since he couldn't, since he got tossed out of the WBC rankings, you know. So, I mean, is it par for the course? And speaking of drug tests, I mean, if you're going to fail guys, the guy we were just talking about, Cletus Seldon, failed two times right. in his career and wound up on HBO as a, as a reward. Right. So, I mean, granted, you know, if you're doing it this way, what is going to prevent fighters from? Not doing this. What is going to prevent fighters? There's no consequences. You know, there's you, you get out of one rankings. You just no you can do like you can do like uh Pavekin where he got tossed from WBC rankings, but he can just move on to the WBO eliminator. You know, like there's there's no unilateral consequences here for these guys that are failing. There's actually more rewards than there are consequences. So it's getting to the point where of course guys are going to take steroids. Why wouldn't they take steroids? You know, there's yeah, no, you it's don't not, have a fear of anything. Yeah, so. You know, uh, until there's a, uh, and like I said, this goes back to what I said a long time ago. Boxing's full of shit, you know. So, until uh, uh, until you get to the point where you're making a, a universal set of rules for this, it's going to be very, very difficult. You know, it's going to be very, very difficult. Well, especially with someone like Povetkin, who can just fight in his own country and take whatever he wants and do whatever he wants. You know, you're going to continue to climb rankings that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. at least if it's here, it's like. Wait, wait, you just failed the drug test. Like you're not fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they'll have a they'll have a backup for Povetkin knowing that he's going to come in dirty if the test comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or the or like, or, like, or like they did in Russia with Wilder, 
they had a backup for Wilder when he didn't want to fight Povetkin when Povetkin came up that's dirty. What I you mean. know, that's <laughs> I go, what I'm saying. Oh, oh, okay. They, I thought you were talking about that. They already the, come with the plan. Eddie Hearn is Eddie Hearn is thinking about injuries. He's a promoter. He's a businessman. These guys are thinking about drugs. Like you know what? This American kid's probably going to back out when he finds out you're a dirty scumbag. So let's get <laughs> let's get a backup just in case this guy actually cares about himself enough to say that he doesn't want to fight someone who's cheating. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Again, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, and uh, we'll see. You know, and the guys who stay clean get less rewards. Like I talked about last week with Wilder. Right. You know, he's not only losing out on on paydays when when these guys pull out. He's also losing out on bigger fights. You know, highly promotable fights. You know, because bigger these guys fight. fail. Yeah, so that, yeah. So you're you're losing an opportunity to build your brand and, and build your fame. You know, because these guys fail their fail their their fight, their drug test, and then you can't have as big of a fight but with a backup opponent. You know, so right. So the 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 clean guys losing out is something that has to change you know otherwise you're going to only have more and more dirty athletes in the next in the coming generations especially in this in this sport so you know well uh, just from the example you gave i mean mm -hmm. it goes about greed right so <coughs> wbo looks at what the wbc does when you have to applaud the wbc for kicking Povetkin out of the rankings because mm -hmm. that's the only way you're going to clean up the sport yeah. but it's impossible to clean up the sport when the wbo says Oh, they they got rid of him. Don't worry, we'll put you number one. Come fight over here. Yeah, you know it, they have to be in 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 unison together. They have yeah. to kind of have at least some pride or some principle. Yeah, and now if you're Joseph Parker, now if you're Joseph Parker, you're looking at Povetkin in an eliminator who's about to become the number one contender for your belt. What do you do? You know, right? And you don't know if he's going to be clean or dirty when you go to fight him. It's so tricky. now yeah. you're going to go prepare for eight weeks or ten weeks and then yeah. you're going to show up to a weigh-in or whatever and yeah. you never know what's going to happen. And if you don't have the strict testing that Deontay Wilder has, are you right. going to be able to catch him? So then if you're Joseph right. Parker, what do you do? Do you start taking your own drugs too? Because, you know, maybe you've been clean but now you're looking at a guy that you might be fighting dirty. This is the kind of things that all of a sudden you're putting fighters in positions to have to make these kind of decisions. It's not fair. It's not fair to the athletes when these are things that should be handled outside the ring by the people in charge. You know, it's not fair to put these fighters in these positions. And they can get hurt. You know, it's, it's boxing's yep. already tough enough. Yep. You know, you don't need people on a uh, not being on a level playing field and mm -hmm. people literally get hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, it is what it is, man. So we're gonna move on uh, from uh, the Jarrell Miller and Marys Vox fight, uh, and we're gonna move on to the Danny Jacobs fight. You know, I think Danny Jacobs. Look good. I, I I know Danny was kind of hard on himself afterwards. He told me that you know he thought he was looking for the knockout too much, but I thought Arias wasn't going to let himself get knocked out. I thought Arias would make enough moves, even and then uh, do enough things to where keep himself alive in the fight. And then when he'd run like out of Teddy room, said, <laughs> you're doing just enough, just enough in there so that he doesn't hurt you. Yeah, just well, enough. Yeah, because then he'd run out of room on the ropes. Was because Danny actually was cutting off the ring, unlike a lot of fighters. Danny cuts off the ring, right. so eventually the Arias would run out of room. And what he do? He just charged at Danny's chest and kind of smother him, you know. And then Danny or would like, have to start, and Danny would have to start all over again, back to the middle right. of the ring, back to stalking him, back to cornering him, and whatnot. And you can't just get reckless because Arias will throw the random overhand shot out of nowhere, right. you know. So you got to kind of walk him down. So I thought Danny. For as good, it was as good of a performance as Danny's going to put together, you know, under the, given the circumstances. You know, I don't think, uh, oh, I don't think Danny could have fought any better. I don't think he should be hard on himself. Arias, maybe wasn't very competitive in the fight, but I still think Arias is a guy who can make some guys look bad. I still, I still think he's a guy who, uh, a level down from the elite level, can still compete and uh, you know compete competitively against some other guys in the in the weight class. You know. I think uh, it makes for some interesting, like let's say like uh, Luis Arias versus like a Gabriel Rosado. Wouldn't that that well, that would be like a very good fight? That would be a fun fight, you know. And I can't tell you Absolutely. who I think would win that fight, you know. That would be a fun right. fight, you know. So there's, I think, I think Arias, I think Arias felt Danny's power and explosiveness early, and was yeah. like, all right. and also, <laughs> also he's just better. Danny was just better. You could just tell Danny, oh, was yeah. better. and Danny, that doesn't make Arias a bad fighter because Arias is not a bad fighter. Right. But but there's levels. But, but the, yeah, Danny was just better, better balance, better short, shorter punches, faster, faster fighter, more uh, creative. Better, yeah, more creative, better fundamentals. You know, this and this guy putting it all together on you. You know, and you, and, you know, position wise, when Arias would throw shots, Danny wasn't wouldn't lose really a lot of positioning. Sometimes he give ground, but his position was was always great. You know, um, Dan is a world class fighter. You know, and I and I, right. I hope that. You know they're they're able to get get these world class guys in with against each other. You know we make a Golovkin and Canelo. Obviously nobody's gonna complain for for May, right? But if you don't, I think guys like Danny Jacobs and Charlo Jamal Charlo should really be able to get a shot at some of these big guns with the with the that bring a lot of the money to the table because they're they're too damn good to not 
be fighting against guys like that too, you know. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, and uh, we'll see what goes from there, you know. But uh, that, that's yeah, I'd like to I'd like to break up the Golovkin Canelo for a bit and go Jacobs Canelo and Charlo Golovkin. You know, what I mean, yeah. let them both get an opportunity to make yeah, some money. Yeah, and then maybe they can like fight a, each other. maybe like a four man tournament. That would be something. Right. That would be really something. Those are all four really good fighters. Yeah, man. and that would be right. a, those are two good fights, man. That would be a great a great little tournament, man. But you know, unfortunately. Boxing politics will dictate that it doesn't happen. It sucks, man. That would be. I, I love. I love that tournament with those exact matchups. You know, and the winners can right. fight each other, and the losers can fight each other. Sure. You know, and right. everybody makes Absolutely. money. You know. Absolutely. But, but um, but yeah. So that's uh, that's a, the the on the Jacobs card on the HBO card and the Sky Sky Sports did card. Did Danny say whether he had a preference? With who? With who he wanted to fight? No, but Danny said that uh, he was going to look to attend the uh, Billy Joe Saunders David Lemieux fight uh, oh, there you on go. Uh, December sixteenth. Another good fight. Um, Billy Joe is a WBO middleweight champion. He's going to Montreal to fight David Lemieux. HBO will televise. Uh, it's on Box Nation, so I won't be working it. I may work it that same day, actually. I may be working with Sky. I'm, I'm still yet to be told. Uh, it's for Hey Balu too. And it's also the same right. day. But yeah, Billy Joe and uh, Lemieux on December 16th in Montreal. So Danny may go up there and try to get the winner. Uh, but I like what Eddie Hearn told us after. Afterwards, Eddie Hearn came over to Sky and he talked to us and he said, listen, the part of being a promoter is this. A fighter can't just fight, win, and then wonder when he's going to fight next. You have to have your next fight already set. You know, you have to have your next date or your roundabout time frame already set. Like, we already know. Right. Danny's going to fight in April. He said that right as he got the ring. He goes, without a doubt, we know Danny's going to fight in April. Good. Now, it's about making the fight and the opponent, but we know. It's, he goes, it's very important for a fighter to know when he's going to fight. You know, then the rest of it can be worked out. But you got to know when you're going to fight. You know, you got that way. The mental pre mental preparation is there, too, as you're going along, along as the time comes by, you know. So I thought I was awesome because <laughs> legitimately, I swear to you, I never had that in my career. Never had that. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And and it would have been the coolest thing to know stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. mentally, your mind is in another place, you know, is in a, is in a better place. Well, that's, that's, you know, That's one thing about Fast Car already, ain't it? Yeah, <laughs> what do you what do you uh, given the Kel uh, given the Kel Brook? Fuck he's a machine, ain't he? Oh, you made him choke. Oh, on his... Honestly, he's a he's a promotional genius, right? Uh, uh, uh. I really like. Oh, you're I like missing him. you're, like you're missing doing. something great right now. Paulie, oh. he's like trying to spit. He's got the headphones on his foot. He's doing a one nice. hop, one thing hop. It's great. Nice. Yeah, bro, it's bad, you know, I'm like half sick again, you know. That change of weather really killed me over the weekend, bro. Sons of bitches. Yeah. Yeah, ain't kidding. But overall, I mean, Eddie Hearn is really like a, a promoter. Like, he's he's just a dream to boxing fans because he'll, he'll give you the best fights. He really, really sells it. He promotes it. What do you think about his first card in, in America? Like, um, You know, it wasn't, you it wasn't a packed Nassau Coliseum, but... I know it's the first of uh, of of a new uh, of a new push, you know, and and I, I think they're gonna they're gonna you know nobody's able to really solve the the American puzzle, you know. Uh, Top Rank has done it well through the years, um, and I think they've got a nice business model for for the U.S. But as far as uh, it, it's it's tougher to make it bigger. Um, Top Rank is still heavily based on mostly Hispanics, although they, you know they've developed Floyd Mayweather and uh, and Terence Crawford. Uh, Mayweather left them because he didn't feel like they were developing him uh, to his liking, and obviously he turned out to be right uh, because he became an even bigger star afterwards. But they did get May Mayweather to that to the point where they got him. Um, the top rank model seems to be okay, but I'm curious to see: can you develop, say, a white fighter? Um, without a low, his, outside of his local following, sort of like, sort of like a Kelly Pavlik was big in Youngstown. Can you develop right. a white fighter nationally, and also can you develop a black fighter nationally outside of his local following? And can you develop a black fighter in a way where you can develop him like the next Sugar Ray Leonard and not like the next, say, Adrian Brown or Floyd Mayweather? I I feel like right. there. And, and here's what I mean. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I feel like this hip hopper. Um, kind of thing not that there's anything wrong with it but this hip hopper sort of culture if you're not branded as that if you're a black American fighter people won't take to you and that's not fair because there's it's guys like the there's, there's guys like, like the Danny Jacobs forget idea. fuck the villain fuck the villain that guy is the villain the hip hopper is always the villain you know he's the trash talker whatever which is fine I'm not bling. telling I'm yeah. not telling yeah the bling throwing in your face and it's fine some guys are marketed that way it's fine I'm not saying it's wrong but I want to see can you give 
another mechanism, sort of in the Sugar Ray Leonard way, where you know Sugar Ray Leonard didn't have to be the hip hopper to, to become a megastar. There was you know, no hip hop then. Well, there the wing, kind the of it was, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't crossed over like it is now. It wasn't mainstream yeah. like it is now. But what I'm saying is, you still have a cleaner cut figure here. You had Sugar Ray Leonard because now you had that. Still, you have Danny Jacobs. You had Andre Ward, Timothy Bradley. Timothy Bradley, the, yeah, but he's not a person, not enough of a personality. But yeah. he's a good fighter. But but Danny Jacobs and Andre Ward have personalities to where they can give you that. They they're 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 intelligent enough to where they can give you that Sugar Ray Leonard type of type type of marketability. You know what I'm saying? Can you market the so the test, the smile. Yeah. So the test is the test is can you can you can you market guys? To that, uh, if he's black, can you market a fighter in the in that way instead of in a uh, let's market him as a trash talker hip hopper? Because I felt like at one time you could, you know, and now all of a sudden, and maybe it is the advent of hip hop music crossing over. See, I feel like if you're black, you're not black enough unless you're at doing it, you know, unless you're acting this way, and that's not fair to black fighters who don't act that way, you know, because some of them are really good fighters, some of them are actually really exemplary people. I think Andre Ward is one of the best examples of 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 for any African American youth. You know, what I'm saying I think you know he comes from the streets of Oakland, and so he turned it around, and he's and he's done good things. And Danny Jacobs is a tremendous example because he's overcome cancer, man. It's not nothing. <laughs> he didn't overcome a fever. He overcame. Cancer. Cancer, you know what I'm saying? And become a championship level fighter, one of the best there is. I mean, you watch that fight Saturday. Okay, maybe it got tedious at times. Maybe Arias figured out ways to survive it. But I'm watching Danny on Saturday. I'm like, this is a damn good fighter. I don't have to be excited about the fight because Saturday's fight wasn't super excited. But I'm watching everything he does and how he does it and technically speaking and his ability. I'm just like, this is a damn good fighter, bro. Damn, this is a good fighter. You know, like. And he's got Absolutely. this marketability there, so that's the trick. And and it hasn't kind of it hasn't been solved. The the puzzle kind of hasn't been solved of late. A promoter in the U.S., if he works hard, can make a Latin fighter a superstar because you can b- take off the Latin base, and that's awesome. That's great that they have that base. And some fighters, some promoters don't even do that, but at least Top Rank does that, and they'll create a Latin f- star if, if 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 it's in the making. But can you make an American white guy a star outside of his local fan base? Can you make an American black guy a star outside of a, of the hip hopper uh, of of the hip hopper? Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Genre, genre, yeah. Can you, can you, can you, can you make that, those kind of guys cross over? The, the, and first of all, obviously they got to be able to fight. But if you got guys in that situation that can fight, can you make them into a star? You're gonna tell me Top Rank is gonna have? Oh no, Top Rank has Mick Conlon. Mick Conlon's Irish, not American guys. You know what I mean, so he's gonna come with that full right. package of Irish fighters, of Irish uh, fans, and they are awesome. They, they support to the T. You know that's fine. But do you, can you make an American star? Because Americans can fight. But can you make an American star? Can you make a star out of that guy? You know what I'm saying? That's the question. And that's where we really where the promoters have been lacking in the U.S. And that's where I'm, I'm curious to see if Eddie Hearn can do something. Obviously, Danny's 30 years old. He's no spring chicken anymore, but he's still a prime fighter. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see if Eddie can break the mold that other guys maybe couldn't. You know, even like Al Heyman, who meant so well. You know, wasn't able to really create that megastar. You know, uh, he, he helped Floyd. Floyd was already in development through top rank, and then Floyd exploded with through Heyman. So yeah, obviously that that obviously Heyman gets a lot of credit for that as well in terms of the contracts, in terms of the deals broken and whatnot. But then he couldn't, wasn't PBC wasn't able to create that megastar brand fighter where maybe it could have. Like an Errol Spence is another guy. Errol Spence is another guy in that in that marketability factor that I'm talking about. The Danny Jacobs or Andre Ward. You know, like I'm, he he's another guy that deserves that super mega stardom but he it needs to be promoted that way and people have to take to him to where he shouldn't have to act like a, a quote unquote shithead just to just to get marketed you know what I'm saying because he has all the marketability tools there you know and uh, you know we'll see so that's uh, anyway that, we kind of got off we got very off, important start. that the three people that you just mentioned Andre uh-huh. Ward Danny Jacobs and Errol Spence aside from being phenomenal fighters mm-hmm. all are good looking guys and you need that to be that to be that uh, clean-cut look like Leonard, you got to also be good-looking and be able to talk. Mm-hmm. And they all can. Yeah, they all have which that. Is, which is great. They all have that. Me you, think know, about you can't be some ugly guy. and like, or, or have not have no ability to speak and talk. You know what right. I'm saying? You right. have no, no, no personality, you know? I think there's, smile, I think there's a, you know I, mean? I think there's that Texas Southern charm, whatever, the way he talks, you know, and he has right. that, that, that little, that, that, he has that subtle sense of humor in there with that, with that Southern accent, you know, you have Danny's ability, you know, with Danny's marketability with his son and how close bond he has with his son and overcoming, right. and overcoming cancer. And obviously you right. put, you, he, he puts 
together uh, the answer to a question in a very eloquent fashion. He used to work for NBC Sports with in their box as a commentator for boxing for them. Same with Andre Ward. Andre Ward's a boxing commentator as well. So he, again, he can he can answer a question for you very eloquently and whatnot. You know, um, again, marketability is there. Can an American promoter? Put together a package to make these kind of guys stars, you know. And we're and and I also gave the 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 white guy outside of his local his local uh, fan base. But right now, there's no there's not really a, a lot of uh, Americans out there that are, are white that have have uh, um, that fan base outside of the local of their local uh, municipality, so to speak. You know, uh, we had I thought Chris right Algeri I, I thought Chris Algeri I thought Chris Algeri was very marketable. I thought Chris Algeri right. the ball was I thought they dropped the ball on Chris Algeri. I thought they I thought they dropped the ball on me a little bit, honestly. You know, when when it was when I was in my prime. But regardless, I thought uh, more recently I thought Chris Algeri. Uh, you know, he's a kid with a with a college degree. Um, he's a kid who became a world champion. Uh, good looking guy. Um, I thought the ball was dropped on him as well. You know, so. Again, the, the, going back to the main topic of discussion, can a promoter, can Eddie Hearn do what American promoters have tried to do? Maybe, maybe not some not some not tried as hard as others, but can Eddie Hearn break that mold to where you're creating a star here? Uh, and do you have enough time with Danny Jacobs? I think that, I think he has all the tools, but do you have enough time to get it done? We'll see. And I think uh, you know, to a lesser extent or a different extent, because they're not exactly as uh, clean cut. But the Charlo twins to me are, are guys that could be marketed as twins. Champions that yeah. are, they're unique and different. Oh, yeah, yeah they got a whole different vibe about them. I feel like they should yeah, be commercials no, they are, or they something. Are, they are. They, 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 but they're more in that hip hopper generation, yeah. and that's and that's fine. I mean, that that's what that's what sells today. I mean, that that's what's that that that's obviously not outside the box anymore. You know what I'm saying? That if right. the hip hopper generation is not outside the box anymore, you know, uh, I think that's actually in the box at this point. You know, and then we know we can, you can, you're gonna get views and and, and attention and accolades. There's still not household names. They're though. not household names, and, and that comes down easily. to marketing and promotability. It yeah. I don't think it comes. Down down to the way they're acting, I think. No. Uh, although at times I've heard maybe they're a bit standoffish with some of their interviews, but I don't think you know we we've never had a problem with them here on Magic Hour and Broken to the World and whatnot. So and they were here you know, too. Uh, yeah, doing something else. You know, the, the, cool. I, I think uh, um, you know I, I think it's more of uh, them getting the right push, maybe the right marketing push and whatnot. And again, that comes down to promoting. The program comes down to their their own teams getting that done. You know, um, again, I don't I don't think I think Sugar Ray Leonard had that entire package but I think there's been other guys that had that similar package that it, it wasn't taken advantage of you know and, man, and the Olympics used to mean more too right because like when Sugar Ray won yeah um, it was on broadcast it was on network television yeah. and whatnot but still I, 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 I think it's been I think honestly man I'm gonna it's gonna it's come down to more la lack of effort from the American promoters than anything else I'm gonna that's what I blame it on Legit legitimately I Ooh. had a 15 year professional boxing career <laughs> American promoters are lazy fucks, dude. They don't want to do shit. You know what I mean? They just want their TV money and their site fee money from the casino, and they don't want to. They don't. They don't even want to make a poster half the time. You know what I'm saying? Like so. So you know, I mean, you got to get the shit done. You got to get the shit done. Uh, foreign promoters actually promote. American promoters are more like booking agents. You know, and I think uh, it's got to be that middle grasp there. It's got to be that middle thing. And let's see. Maybe it's the market, or maybe it's the promoters. We'll see. Because I think now Eddie comes in. You know, like Al Heyman came in. You know, wanting to change the game a little. And Eddie Al wasn't really, wasn't really able to change it, you know. Uh, he was able to. A lot of fighters were able to make some good money off off of the PBC brand, uh, myself included. But but I don't know that it was able to change the sport, you know, the way he had in mind. Let's see if Eddie can do what he's brought to England. Was brought these amazing crowds and this, uh, he's basically made fighters household names in England. I mean, everybody knows even the prospects in England, bro. I go out right. and I'm talking about boxing prospects. I'm talking about like Joe Cordina, like boxing prospects, and people know who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. You like people don't even know champions here, let alone our prospects. You know, our American <laughs> right. boxing prospects. They, like, not only do they know who they are, they know who they are, and they know when they're fighting next. Yeah. They <laughs> Wait a minute. You can go out Times Square right now. People won't know who the heavyweight champion is. No, they no. can't name any of them. No. So, so you know, I, I'm curious to see if Eddie can bring that kind of brand to the U.S. So for his first show. I'm not. You can't judge on it for sure. It was, a, it was a little crowd. It was there. Me, you, know, you had a, a small crowd, a small crowd, and they were excited. And you know, it was cool. But I think, I think Eddie's gonna build off this little by little. I think having the HBO contract definitely helps. And I look forward to to seeing how he can how he can build it. Man, anybody, anything, and anybody that helps boxing is I'm all for it. You know. But let's right, move on exactly. to exactly. I'm a fan, regardless. Yeah. Let's move on to so the. If he does well, we all do well. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to the other uh, card on Saturday. There was a top rank card on ESPN, which I don't, I had no idea. Better be if had even signed with top rank. 
Last time I last time I, I saw, told you last time you were here. Yeah. I told you I saw that yeah. for it. On last TV. time last time I last time I heard he you know he was on PBC. I even worked one of his fights. <laughs> now he's at top rank, you know. So so uh, I don't know uh, what was what when that happened, but he was on the ESPN card and he, he beat a uh, uh, was it Rico Colling? Enrico Colling. Enrico Colling. Yeah. Um, me and Pete had a little bit of disagreement as to when Rico Colling decided he was going to survive, and as opposed to because Teddy was blaming Colling for just surviving. I didn't think Colling was just surviving early on. I think he was doing the best he could. And I think at the end, yeah, he was trying to survive, and then he got finally got broken down. He got stopped, but but I think uh, Colling was doing the best he could. Those guys from Germany aren't really that good. Even the guys that become champions in Germany aren't that good. So let alone a guy who didn't become champion in Germany, you imagine how good he's going to be or not good he's going to be. You know, Colling. Right. But I thought Colling. In spots showed me what he wanted to do. You know, he he threw within mean intentions. A lot of times, better be able to throw punches at him, and he didn't give ground that center ring. You know, when you're trying to survive, you give ground every chance you get until you run out of room and you're on the ropes, and then you try to hold, you try to do whatever. You know, calling at, at a lot of times the center ring didn't give ground. As the fight wore on, he gave more and more ground. Obviously, and that was more better be of. I'm going to give more credit to better be of than the calling there. I'm going to give credit to better be of for breaking breaking his will. Would I have liked to see better be of more creative? Yeah, I would have liked to see a bit more yeah. creativity from better oh. be of. You know, and then. Pete made a good point on Saturday. Pete, you, we, we, uh, or whenever we watched the fight, we didn't watch it Saturday, but when we watched the fight uh, taped up after uh, on TiVo, we, you said um, he's not a Golovkin in that way. You know, he's been marketed as like another Golovkin cutting off the ring and bringing you down, but right. Colin was able to escape off the ropes a lot, and I think that allowed him yep. to get to the 12th round. You know, uh, Golovkin, when he cuts off the ring on you and you're, and, you're, and, you're, and you're in that panic mode, you ain't getting off the ropes, bro. He's going to cons- consistently cut you off. Minus Canelo. And I, and I and I believe that he didn't cut the ring off against Canelo t- on, on Canelo's left because he was trying to stay away from the left hook. So I, I can't. Because right. I've seen that happen with other fighters as well. So, But minus the Canelo fight, Golovkin, you don't escape the ropes when he, when, it, when when Golovkin is there. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's going to break you down. And Golovkin gets you there. He's going to break you down. He's going to... He's gonna he's gonna do what he has to do with you, and eventually the panic sets in, and you, and you get stopped just on that, let alone the power. Better be if I thought didn't have that. He was lacking that. He has power, but he it was lacking that that panic mode to where he's keeping you where you don't want to be. And Coling was able to escape in spots, and because of that, he was able to uh, I think survive it to the twelfth round, which was a bit of a surprise because Better Be was really getting rid of a lot of guys pretty early, right? Oh my God, all of them. Yeah, you touch you, you die. He's a he's a little he's a little Gassayev. That's what I call him. Gasse of the cruiserweight. Yeah, yeah, the guy who uh, who won he, on the World Boxing like Series a couple mini, years ago. Yeah, he's he's a mini Gasseyev. You know, just a little smaller, but but they hit so hard. I don't know what the hell these guys have in their in their hands, but uh, yeah, Coling took a lot of shots. I mean, uh, the ones that he took, he, he took them. You know, mm-hmm. so and that surprised me. But I wanted to touch on the uh, on the commentary too. That was. That was something I've never seen before. I mean, listen, I love Mark Regal. He's a friend of ours. And, uh, but I felt like it was like his shtick. Like he was trying to get under Teddy's skin. And like it, it just was so awful. It was, it, it was really hard to, to, to has, listen to. Has he, done, has he done that before? Has he done play-by-play? Because he's, you know, he's a great interviewer. He's, a great uh, he's, interviewer. Done, he's done local stuff. I think this was like a big coming out party for him because it was ESPN. And it's a big deal. Yeah. I think maybe he just overthought it a little bit. He was trying to like get in in Teddy's head, and it was just so therapist like and awkward to listen to. And Teddy's just like, "That's why I'm here for 20 years." I'm like, "Oh my god, these guys are gonna fist fight in two seconds." I'm expecting the the I'm cameras t- to go off. I'm taking t- commercial. I'm taking Teddy in that fight. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yo, I'll take Teddy against some boxers, bro. You don't fuck right. with Teddy. <laughs> Teddy, exactly. Teddy will bite your head off. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it was bad, man. It was really bad. And then, you know, um, I don't want to overjump poorly, but the main event, it was supposed to be another good fight. And uh, the kid, uh, Reed, got caught up on the ropes. He got hit with a good shot. He got. He went down. He got up. He stood on the ropes in the same spot. Got teed off on for a little bit, and yeah, then the ref stopped it. Never they started held. arguing about. Yeah, and they're arguing about who's right and wrong. They're both wrong. The guy didn't clinch. Yeah, so, the guy so didn't the clinch. Ref is gonna stop the fight. The guy's teeing off. Yeah, yeah. He's moving a little bit. He didn't ever turn fire. He's moving a little bit. You can't put the referee in that bit of a situation. And then what? N- none of the re- commentators realized is right before getting stopped, he gets hit with a hook. And his head comes up. It doesn't go to the side. His head comes up. 
basically, he was already looking up at the referee to stop it, and he took the hook. Because if your head doesn't come up unless you get hit with an uppercut, you don't. he didn't even get hit with an uppercut. He got hit with a hook, and his head kind of looked up, and, and it got turned that way towards the ref, and he gave the ref a look. You don't see it because his eyes are... Puppy uh, dog eyes. Yeah. You know, and I, I saw that when I beat, when I stopped Sinchenko. I remember people didn't see it. The Sinchenko gave right. Smoger a look right before Smoger stopped the fight. You know, so that was the look. None of the commentators even caught it. You know, and you don't really see right. it on TV because of the angle. Uh, the kid looks away, but he looks over at the ref, and the ref instantly jumps in. So obviously, it must have been something we saw. Nobody on TV even noticed this. You know, they're so busy complaining about the stoppage that nobody, like you said, complained about the fact that Reed never held, which you can't put a referee in that bit of a situation. And nobody kept right. in mind the situation that Reese, Jack Reese, the referee, must have seen Reed look at him in a way where it was resignation there. You know, bro. Right. If you're not holding there, you're looking to get out of the fight, bro. How, what are you doing? You're not punching back and you're not holding. How, how much are you going to let a guy tee off on you before before uh, you know, b- before you know expect the referee to stop the fight? You know, I mean, granted, it wasn't like McGregor against Mayweather where he's falling all over the place. I mean, he was reacting no. in the corner, but you're still not reacting back. You, you're not punching back. You're not showing this guy signs of life. He's got to stop the fight. I thought it was a fine stoppage by Jack Reese. He only has himself to blame. And you're not going to tell me every, after the fight's over, everybody can talk about how bad they wanted to fight and finish on their back and whatnot. Everybody can always give you that bullshit, okay? In the fight, in the moment, you reacted the way you wanted to react, and then you, and you know you didn't want to fight. The bottom line, but the fight was over there. Over, over a minute of being in the same position on the ropes. Yep. You got knocked down. Yep. You get up. You go right and back, he goes back to the yep. ropes in that same spot. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You know, you're not showing the ref that you're competing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, and that's it. So I, you know, Ramirez now goes on to fight Mir and Mom for the. For the gimme, uh, uh, for the for the gimme, for the, the gimme the WBC title fight, you know, I've mean, I was been saying, uh, Mira Mom's been saying, give me the shot of the WBC title for a while, and now, uh, you know, he's been a, he was a mandatory for a little while, then he got beat by Adrian Granados, who I think also deserves a shot at one of these 140 pound champions, but I think Ramirez versus uh, uh, Imam for the uh, WBC world title will be a fun fight to watch. Imam also won on Saturday night or off TV on that card. Are we going to be able to watch it on TV? <laughs> um, hopefully, uh, somebody picks up that fight. You know, I mean, I, top rank you would figure. Out, yeah, top rank you would figure has a date. I'm sure it'll be on ESPN or on HBO or something. You know, right. And we want to talk about what's coming up. We got. Um, hold on, hold on. We uh, got. We, we got to talk about Oscar De La Hoya calling out Conor McGregor. No. Oh, God. Oscar De La Hoya. We'll make. We'll be brief on this. Oscar De La Hoya called out <laughs> Conor McGregor. Obviously, he steps on my toes, and honestly, it's a big, it's, it is a bigger boxing fight if Oscar wants McGregor. So I mean, I can't, I can't deny that. You know. Also, the whole. <laughs> but what about the hypocrisy? The whole, that, but not. Yeah, of course, that's another thing where he's motherfucking everybody left and right about right. making Mayweather and McGregor. And now Oscar wants to fight him. That's the thing. Oscar has to decide which side he wants to play. He can't play both sides, and then people see through him. You know. But, God, but you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, it's it's an opportunity for a guy to get back the glory. And get and get back to the time where everybody's like he's going out and having a fight without taking much of a risk. I mean, so why why wouldn't he do it if you think about it that way? Of course, and also I've always said what I've said since since I sparred this guy. He's boxing's pinata. Like you just <laughs> smack him around and you get a big prize. It's like Floyd's, a pinata. Floyd like, Senior probably takes him out now. No, I don't know. I don't know. I won't go that far. I mean, Floyd's <laughs> like seventy, but Floyd Senior's like seventy. But 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 the guy's like boxing's pinata. Every of course you're gonna call him out. Everybody's gonna call it. You get a it's what a do you lottery get? ticket. It's a lottery no, ticket. No, it's a pinata. You just smack. You get. You don't beat and up your lottery ticket. You beat up a pinata. And the money you literally comes, the money comes smack out. him around and you get paid a bunch of money. You right. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, of course, Oscar, you had a. Uh, I guess I had to eventually see them. Something like this coming, you know. My, the biggest obstacle to me getting him was the fact that we actually sparred, and and because he got his ass whooped, now it's on his mind. Because if I had gotten into a war of words with McGregor, and we never sparred, and we never got in the ring, the whole thing about the unknown might get me the fight. You know what I mean? Because there's enough talk, and then I lost my last fight, and then the whole this whole thing about the unknown. But because unfortunately for me, there is no unknown. Because unfortunately for me, all he has to do is pop in that that video and realize I can't fuck with Malinaji. He's not going to fight me now. You know what I'm saying? Because he has everybody fooled into thinking he actually got the better. I mean, why would he risk it? But with Oscar, he can't risk it. With Oscar, he can risk it because Oscar's 47. The unknown is there. Oscar's Oscar's 45. But the unknown is there. You've never been in the ring with Oscar. You know Oscar hasn't fought in almost 10 years. The unknown is there. And the unknown can make you believe and put yourself in denial. Just like the unknown had him him in denial against the the Floyd Mayweather promotion. That unknown entity... 
about himself even, about Floyd Mayweather even, made him believe he could do it. You know what I'm saying? The, my, my, the biggest obstacle to me is there is, un, there is no unknown. He got his ass whooped by me, and there is no, there's nothing to not be known about he, he it. He so he can't. So he can't. Now that's gonna obviously stop me from getting that fight. You know, but with Oscar, obviously it's a very marketable fight. Honestly, bro, even Oscar 45. I mean, I don't know. I, I, dude, Oscar used to punch pretty hard, bro. That yeah. pop was the last thing to go, man. Oscar hit a one. Oscar hit a one left hook that might change the guy's life around, bro. I'm serious. <laughs> they talk about God, they talk about Con. They talk about Connor's left hand. Connor's left hand was the biggest bullshit in sports. I mean, there's nothing on the left hand, but Oscar's left hand. Now you talk about a real punch. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's a converted southpaw. Oscar used to fight right-handed. He was really lefty. That's why his hook was so good. I guess and, and even that, at 45, half, half half hook, half uppercut. Even, even at 45, bro. I don't know. I I, I don't know, bro. That's no, a, that's not, that's, not, a, that's, not, a, that's a couple nights in the hospital for McGregor, bro. I gotta you ask know? you. I gotta ask you a really dumb question, Paulie. What? Really stupid, but I'm going to ask anyway. Is there an amount of money that would uh, be enough for you to get in an MMA uh, octagon? No, 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 no. I'm just asking. Everybody's got a yeah. price. The million dollar man said everyone's got a price. Yeah, but no, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not hurting for money like right. that. You know, so no, I understand. I, I, I can just chill and. Uh, I said it was a stupid question. Yeah, I can just chill. No, and, but not even that. Sets the reason why is because there's just so many other intangibles. Of that course. That you're not used to as a boxer. It's just not, you know, it's not your game. I, I wouldn't expect Kobe Bryant to come and play against Jordan Spieth. You know what I mean, or vice versa. They almost made Muhammad Ali versus Will Chamberlain. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that when they were both on the talk show and they were both talking shit to each other, <laughs> and Ali goes and shave off that beard because I ain't fighting no Billy Goat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's in boxing, right? Yeah, they make guys shave a certain amount, right? You know, nah, well, in the amateurs they do. I don't, there's not so much in the pros. They don't. Who has yeah, big I mean, beards in the pros? I mean, yeah, a little bit. So they don't want you to cushion the, the right. shot. But I mean, I don't know. I've seen Broner going with some pretty big beards and stuff. You know? Oh, good point. But yeah, so that's well, he's it. Broner, he's got his own special. Yeah, so rules. what do we got coming up? What do you got coming up, Seth? Going back on that schedule. Yeah, now. on the 16th, I, uh, Jose Martinez versus Jesus Martinez on ESPN two, uh, November 17th, Anthony Durrell, Anthony Durrell versus Dennis Doglin. If I'm thinking of saying that name, Douglas. Right. Yeah. yeah, we know Douglas since he's a kid. He used to coach training Gleason Gym when he was a kid. Um, the same day in uh, what is this in Iowa? I don't. I can't even say his name. Max Ormelis versus Nick Oterio. I don't know who that is. Uh, the 18th is uh, Carl Frampton. We know him. Horatio Gar versus Horatio Garcia. The Box Nation. The same night on PBC on Bounce on November 18th, we got our friend Julian Williams making his comeback. You guys like him, I know. Yeah. Coming back. And E.J. Smith is a friend of ours as well. Yeah. Friend of ours. Friend of ours. You know, like uh, Donnie Brasco. Yes. And um, Devin Alexander's fighting on November 21st. And PBC on FS1, St. Petersburg. And uh, we get the next big fight, I would say, it would be uh, Kovalev making his first fight after the Ward fight uh, on HBO on November 25th. With uh, Gamboa on the undercard versus uh, Jason Sosa, and uh, yeah, we're just looking forward to it. You know, I know we're going to talk about it in the future. We're looking. We got Kodo also Kodo Saddam Ali December second, and uh, you know the big fight we're looking at is uh, Lomachenko versus uh, Rigandau. Yeah, Rigandau. That's on uh, the ninth. And the sixteenth is uh, Lemieux versus uh, B.J. Saunders, Billy Joe Saunders, and of course Hay and Bellu too, or Bellu Hay too. And that's on the seventeenth. Oh, seventeenth. Yeah, yeah. yes. Sixteenth Billy Joe. Seventeenth yeah. Bellu Hay. Nice. All right. Yeah. That's it. So we'll call yeah. uh, we'll call it a day. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed. We got Peter cards on the on the horn at least. As we managed to get him on. Uh, Pete, say uh, something. Oh. Pete, say something great before we go. Oh, you already left. Pete. <laughs> okay. Thanks talk for about calling. A, me. Talk about a short shift. <laughs> like shows well, over. Well, right. lucky called in. <laughs> Let alone stay on the whole fun for the whole show. But anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be a, we'll be we'll be back next week, guys. All right. Uh, I'll uh, we'll, and we'll go. Uh, we'll review some of these uh, smaller fights this weekend, and we'll look forward to the uh, Shabranski and Kovalev card. All right. Over and out till next week. That's the magic hour.